0: Hello Hypecast fam, Um, today's guest is the incredibly awesome Revy Jane and um, for those of you that follow her Instagram you probably realise that she's a mum of two, she's um, a wife and just an all round legend really so I've um, done stuff with Revy dating back many years where we did a charity day for um dogs because she's an animal activist and um all different types of things and i've been a massive fan of hers ever since the days of crossfit babes and then she moved to train and started a personal brand recently did a massive tour around australia um really giving herself up to everyone and being super vulnerable about her life her experience everything she's gone through and um Man, I can tell you, I was super inspired hearing her story and I just know that um, she's one of those few people that has the tagline as an influencer but really, really uses that influential power that she has for for good, which is awesome in the world of social media that often um, we often see a negative side of what people can do and can portray. So it was great to sit down with her, chat all things, Um, she's just Keeps pushing on and kicking on great goals So I hope you get a lot out of it And um, as usual This podcast is brought to you By uh, Combat Nutrition Which is one of mine and Mars's brand We also are opening up Combat Training Centre um, That'll be open at the end of September So anyone that's in the Gold Coast area Please come down and check it out um, going to be heaps of great fun With everything from Jordan the Flight Dietitian That's been on the podcast To Obviously, combat products, clearly high-level training, physios, really excited about getting that kicked off the ground, and yeah, if you enjoy this podcast, please feel free to share it with friends, family, and everyone else, and yeah, guys, hope you enjoy.
1: do have a, a genuine lady boss in the house, yeah. girl boss, Revy Thanks. Jane. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the podcast
2: Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. It's an honor.
1: For um, anyone who hasn't heard that name before, they're living under a rock or they're <laughs> not on social media or anything like that, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you're up to these days.
2: Yeah, so I guess um, I owned a gym to begin with um, on the Gold Coast. It was very close to here, actually. Um, and that's how it really all started. Um, we had that for six years. And then recently, like in the last oh, 14 months, we um, took it all online. And since then, you know, the, the online business has really taken off. And um, I guess I do a range of online marketing, online programs. I have um, collaborations with... Uh, you know, merchandise, T-shirts, bottles, um, any of those kinds of things. And I guess I've just created an online personal brand and and an amazing online community that um, I love and treasure. And I I feel very blessed to do what I do because I essentially share my love for things and daily's ups and downs. And um, it's really created a career for myself um, very organically without a strategy Um, it's just kind of happened and I guess you know there's there has been strategies along the way but the the aim was never to be what it is because it's this job you know being a uh, I guess an influencer is is there's no job description Mm -hmm. there wasn't um, you can't apply for it it just kind of happens and um, I feel very blessed that I've you know been able to create that for for, uh, my family and myself
1: well, it obviously comes from a, uh, you know, a strong entrepreneurial sort of spirit. Do you think that you've always had sort of that, that entrepreneurial spirit?
2: Yep, yep. Yeah. I can, yeah, definitely say that. Um, I never really took to the whole nine to five and listening to a boss. I don't know if I'm just like anti-authority, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I just, I think I lasted about a year working as a reception and payroll and I was just so unhappy Um and it, it made so much sense. But um yeah, I, I first off think I started trying to do like a, I mean, my very first entrepreneurial leap, I reckon I was about 10 and I started washing dogs, um, yeah, no, you just... know, up the road and down the road. <clears throat> and then it, yeah, I think at about 18, I wanted to start an online like boutique and I registered a business and I made an online store. And then I very quickly realized that it was a lot of stock take and not for me. I was like, okay still don't like that okay um and then I think after that I wanted to get into styling and there was just all these things that I wanted to do but I, I wasn't sure and then I, I asked myself that question you know what would you do if money wasn't an option I was like I'm at the gym every day you know almost two times a day when I was 18 I just loved it and lived there and um loved the community and loved what it was doing for my mental health my physical health um and I thought well, I'm gonna study that so yeah I studied uh, fitness at 18 and then very quickly um, found CrossFit. And um, that's where I met my husband, Clay, when I was 19. And then that's when I said to him, I think whenever you give an entrepreneur, an entrepreneurial spirit, if that's what you want to call it, um, some space, that's when they're so dangerous. Mm -hmm. We went on our honeymoon and um, I married Clay when I was 21. And uh, we went on our honeymoon and um, I was like, I want to start a gym and I want it to be all pink and i want it to be female only and within like a month we had done it when we got back um it's i I think being a young entrepreneur is almost sometimes better than being an older one because you just don't have that fear and you don't have that evaluation process which comes in really handy later but um you know you don't you, you just you feel the fear you do it anyway um it's just you know naivety yep. working in favor yeah yeah it's
0: a it's perfect so way to put it we talk about that a lot because um me and miles we were was talking about it before you came in here and he was like what do you think when you think of rev and i said i think of pink and 50 girls running up and down hillcrest parade because i used to live on <laughs> Barton avenue which connected to hillcrest which is where crossfit right. was yeah and i had never seen anything like that <laughs> in all my life because me and jen were driving past and i was like going what is that? And it was just this <laughs> herd of girls sprinting. I nearly hit one backing out, of, <laughs> backing out of the like KFC that's like right around the corner. Oh, um, she would have put if, a dent in your yeah. car. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like going, "Holy shit!" These chicks were powering like they were. Yeah. On, they were clearly on a clock, and that was when the CrossFit babes was um, connected, almost connected to that shell servo on like yeah. the Gold Coast Highway. And then I was like, kind of looked in there, and I was like. I don't even remember who I got to talk to. It wasn't Clay, because it was obviously a girl. I was like, what is this? And they're like, it's CrossFit. I was like, this is cool. Could I train you? And they're like, no, you're a guy. And I was, like, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's very, very segregating in some way. Kind of got a bit, my feelings Then I went home and told Jen. I was like, that is actually pretty cool. Yeah. You should go and do it. And then she's like, I'm not doing that. Did you see those girls? <laughs> and then so she researched it further, then found you. And then yeah. it kind of went, she went down. Wasn't her thing. She's into yoga, Pilates type of thing. But yeah. then, you became a favorite, like influencer, if you want to call it, a person to follow because she could relate to you so much um, yeah. with mum life and all the things you like. She liked. Then, like you said, it was very organic in the sense that I feel people that follow you, they're not after really anything. They just want wanting to see yours and Clay's organic life and your kids and everything you're doing what i did notice though which is very hard to do is how you built a personal brand and a business brand both at equally the same rate um and were very successful doing both of them which is something i don't i don't have the personal brand mentality we build brands all day long but to do both i could imagine would be really really hard I, I think it would almost be impossible, but you've managed to pull it off, it seems, with some balance. How did you come about making the Revy Jane brand and also CrossFit Babes? And then there was Train as well and all the other things you pulled yeah. together. Yeah,
2: you make me sound <laughs> like a genius. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess, um, it, uh, again, I hate to use the word organic so much, but it did happen just so effortlessly. Um, in Not in the way that it was, you know just given to me but it was it was a lot of hard work but at the same time it was just part of the process so um, i started an instagram page for crossfit babes it yep. quickly became the fastest growing crossfit affiliate in the world yep. um, wow. because it was a point of difference it was um, it was all chicks doing it it was all pink and it was i was creating these little memes of yep. you know sandra from accounts lifting like snatching weight above her head cool. and people were like holy you know, yeah, like, I can i swear it. on this podcast yeah holy yeah, shit sandra's body lifting
0: yeah
2: way <laughs> yeah. above her head and it's five thirty in the morning and then she's off in a you know um, corporate gear and yeah. you wouldn't even know any better but um i guess it was that sense of women empowerment and really good timing like you know there was a, there is a huge movement in in women empowerment and we were one of the very very first on instagram to be showcasing that um and so that was pretty pretty amazing and um yeah, I guess I had a really good sense of, you know, putting these little quotes and inspirational quotes next to these women and I would do it, you know, I would coach the class, I would uh, finish the class with some photos of pe- of members and then um, afterwards I would just, you know, after coaching I would create these memes and um, it, they would get shared and so that started getting more members. We had 90 members within the first three months and I was the wow. only coach and I was just freaking out That's like, whoa, well, and, yeah. you know, I was learning this entrepreneurial, like, small business deal at 20. And I'm thinking, oh, I don't have any experience. You know, I'd thrown myself in the deep end and now I was drowning. I was like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. So um, I had studied business administration, which is, you know, how to write a fancy email and how to put systems in place. So that was really handy. And I just kind of got to basics and, you know, started creating little systems. And then I also, I think... Six months after it opened, I changed my Instagram name to like Revy Jane and I thought, you know, I'm just, there was more, there was a lot of interest for the person behind the business Mm -hmm. and I'm always like that too. Like if I, if I love a brand, I'm like, who created this? And I'll usually do some looking Um, and I find it fascinating, fascinating to know what people's why. And um, so I, I realized there was heaps of traction on my personal page which I wasn't using as a personal brand at all it was just sunsets and lattes the the average Instagram um, page and yeah so I think I was like okay well if people want to know me as you know coach Rev then that's sweet and um, people were just asking me for advice what what should I do if I want to target this and what should I eat and what all those kinds of questions and entrepreneurial questions as well how did it start and how did you do this and you know what's your background in marketing and all this stuff and I'm like I have none (laughs) um so um I created the Revy Jane Instagram page thinking oh okay cool and it it slowly just got bigger than the CrossFit Babes page um and that was I was putting more effort into CrossFit Babes but it was just uh yeah there was just people wanting to know more about me um which was yeah really interesting and very humbling and um I just went with it and listened to what they kind of wanted. And yeah. yeah, that's how it really started.
1: I think it's so cool. I think it's so cool now putting all of the sort of stories together into one big piece. Um, because I also remember seeing CrossFit Babes, but when it would, when it was moved into, into the newer Dur- facility. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I've, um, obviously been following Revy for a long time. Um, through Have some you? family friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cause I used to work for Matt Windle. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. When I was, an, when I was a lawyer. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I've known about you for years, but, um, what's really interesting is like you created this empowerment movement through CrossFit babes, whether that was your intention or not, you probably just wanted somewhere for women to feel comfortable to train and and train hard. Um, and it created obviously this movement that you've taken with you through all of your sort of, um, entrepreneurial sort of businesses and things. This, this women empowerment sort of movement is becoming a really big thing mm-hmm. tell us about you know where you stand with it and how important it is for you to empower women and because yeah. that seems to be like a big part of your message oh, it's 100% and my why tell us a bit yeah. about that
2: it is it is a very deep-seated purpose within me so um a lot of people know that I've had a troubled childhood um, I faced a lot of adversity growing up and essentially was abandoned as a child um firstly by my father and then by my mother and I was I was 13 by the time I'd lost you know really any guidance in my life oh getting emotional (sighs) just take a deep breath um so my self-worth was very very low like it was non-existent um growing into a young woman like 13 such a such a vulnerable and impressionable age and I I you know 100% just didn't think I was meant to be on earth if the two people that created me rejected me mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't like you know I was abandoned as a as a baby it was like they got to know me and then they chose um, so it was incredibly def- difficult is just an understatement I, I suffered depression anxiety um, attempted to hurt myself um, and it was really really difficult time and I guess for me, I was completely lost throughout most of my teenage years. Um, and it wasn't till about 17 to 18 years old that I started to question, um, you know, where, where those feelings were coming from and understand them and actually challenge them for the very first time. And um, I guess there was this quote by a philosopher, Carl Jung, um, and it's, I am not what has happened to me, I am who I choose to become. Mm. And that just... It wasn't that I believed that quote it was just the thought of that quote and I thought if if I can just pretend to believe that for a second what what are the possibilities um and then I when I had that job in reception I I got really really overweight I was like 12 kilos overweight and I started to hate myself even more because I just didn't have that that you know, self love, and I started eating whatever I wanted to eat, just really sabotaging myself. And one consistent thing that was through my school, despite all the troubles, was sport. And looking back on it, I thought, holy shit, I had been giving myself some sort of therapy through sport, through touch football, um, through. You know, any anything, I would choose and opt any PE class so that my body was moving and I was getting some endorphins. Um, I just didn't realize it yeah. at the time, and so I, that's when I was like, maybe I'd you know join a gym. Joined a gym very quickly, bridged the gap between self-love, self-respect, and fitness. And when it helped me get out of that hole in that headspace, it was really a catalyst for so much positive change in my life, and for me to actually see that I was. Worth more than any of those negative thoughts, and that I was capable beyond measure. I mean that that mental uh, that that mental thought that when you get into a gym and you think I can't do a hundred squats, yeah. and that thought of I can't, and then actually proving yourself wrong was gold to me. And from then on, I thought I really want to share this bridge with as many women as I possibly can, and show them that with anything that they put their mind to, they can, they can overcome and they can, you know, realize and, and have self-respect and self-love. And so that's always been my why now, now it's, you know, it was with the gym. It's now with online training. It's now with just mum life opened a whole new thing, you know, cause I had a huge identity shift again. Um, and it all, you know, all, all those negative emotions started coming back after I was so vulnerable and I, you know you just go through so much loss and change of identity after a baby let alone two and, and three years so all it's just so much work it's an ongoing process of of empowerment of mm-hmm. self-empowerment whether you're a male or female I just think it's you know my, my 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 goal was for women but you know it's it's quickly just becoming just human empowerment mm-hmm. we are all worthy we are if we are here we we are, have a birthright to feel worthy mm-hmm. to be here
1: I think it's amazing that it was at such a young age, like 17, that you were able to sort of like do some self-reflection and and look internally and and sort of understand your feelings and maybe understand that you could challenge those feelings. I know that there's probably a lot of men and women out there who are going through a similar situation, but are struggling to get to that point where they have maybe the courage or the confidence, or I I don't even know what the word is, to sort of like... Um, become aware of those feelings and challenge them was there anything is was there any support mechanisms around you was there any people who made you challenge those thought processes was it your friends um what was it that's made you sort of challenge those feelings or was it just you woke up one day and you were like you know what fuck this i don't want to feel like this anymore yeah yeah
2: i guess um i guess in a way it's not lucky but in a way I, I hit rock bottom really young and so when people see me now I'm 28 and they're like wow you've just done so much and you realize so much early on and I was like well you know there's good and bad sides to hitting rock bottom at 13 and thinking that you're not gonna be, you don't deserve to be here mm-hmm. um and that really just challenged me to look internally and then at I think I was 17 my last year of high school when I moved in with my friend's family um I I, I remember being at a high school party and I said to my mate I'm like man I I just can't do this anymore I was working every single night as a waitress to make ends meet and then during the weekend I would work in a retail store so I was just I was exhausted and I was sick like I had worked myself to the ground I wasn't eating properly because no one was cooking for me and I didn't know how to look after myself you know I was just surviving like literally in survival mode so um yeah, I guess uh when I moved into that house, I blocked any sort of incoming kindness because I don't deserve it for one, and um you don't mean it anyway. That was my mentality. Like don't you dare try and show me love because I know what you're trying to do and there was just so many things that had made me believe that I was forever unlovable. That that was my that was my true belief. So I guess it was just a lot of time for this this lady Deb in my life to to prove again and again that she kept showing up, and I tested those boundaries by doing really naughty things as a 17 year old girl, just really pushing the buttons and you know saying awful things to see if she would come back. And um, yeah, she kept showing up and was you know really I, I call her a guardian angel because she really helped me challenge those things. And you know at the end of the day, I still had to take that step to 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 reflect and to go within. And going within is the scariest thing you'll ever have to do. You know, you have to face your internal demons that are just so loud and so awful, you know, especially coming from such a, you know, toxic environment growing up. So that's all I ever knew was self-criticism, self-judgment and... Um, yeah, there was no there was no positive voices within inside my head. So to go within was a really scary place to be, and I think so, that's what is so challenging for people to do these days that are going through tough times. But it's so important to know it's you're just not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, there is so there's so much help out there, and there's so many people that have had these stories and um, and they create beautiful lives for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's,
0: you two were um, almost very similar in terms of Miles had a hard upbringing. As well, And I talked to Jen, um, my wife, about it as well. And this is going to sound crazy, but because I see what a hard upbringing can produce in terms of you're an amazing person, Miles is an amazing person, but because you both went through a similar thing so young, um, it forced... To be honest, there's one thing that's going to happen. You're either going to adapt or you're going to die. Mm-hmm. But one of the two will happen. Or you'll just kind of drift and really not get anywhere and just like you said feel in a bad spot but you'll sometimes that mechanism of hitting rock bottom early I even personally can think about times when I was younger where I'm glad stuff happened to me at such a young age because it was almost like a foundation of well it can't get worse than there and Mm -hmm. now my foundation has been set Mm. but as a mum I can imagine you would never ever want your kids to feel the way that you felt at that time point. So there's this like contrasting shift of balance that you only want to provide love to your kids and provide this happy home and never to experience any of that. But then at the same time, you can also look at it and go, if I hadn't experienced that, then I wouldn't be able to provide this type of love and this shelter and house and just warmth totally um, for yeah. for my kids. And I often find myself, I think I've said this before in the podcast, like struggling with my kids going... You've got it so good. You've got yeah. it so good, you little turd. You're, t- yeah, you're in this house <laughs> and totally. you're watching your little Paw Patrol show and your little Paw Patrol oh, little jubbies. Oh, I didn't cut jubbies. that toast properly. Yeah. Are you going to yeah. be okay? And, and I'll just sometimes they'll say something to me and I'll just look at them and then Jen will like look at me and go you need to leave because I'm just like oh man don't don't do it <laughs> like you're pushing that button and I just want to put you in like Afghanistan somewhere <laughs> so you can experience hardship but I but you don't I think every yeah. family yeah. I think
2: every parent feels the same when you're like mate yeah I've yeah.
0: got it so good right now yeah so it's all I've always struggled to and I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because it's something I've always wanted to ask you because I'd heard that story before that you were saying in terms of how will you be able to try and replicate, not replicate wanting them to experience that, but also to be really, really appreciative of where they are in yours and Clay's relationship and your relationship with the kids and everything that you're able to provide for them without actually... Bringing in any type of
2: oh, it's such a good question, Sel. Um, it it's one of those things that um, I think every human is. It's inevitable that we're going to go through a hardship. You know, whether it's when we're really young, and whether whether it's when we're teenagers, or when whether it's in our early twenties. Like life is hard. Um, so I guess one of the things that I'm learning about right now is just teaching them. Um, you know, I've got a three and a one year old so I'm learning all this now and hopes that in the future it will come in really handy, but that that hardship is part of life and um, that teaching them and instilling in them that they're super super strong mm. within and to go within when they need to find happiness to go within when they um, face adversity mm. um, because they have the strength and resilience. Yep. So I guess that's probably all I can do yeah I can't I can't you know instill hardship on them I don't, I, that's yeah. not my place but I, I think that the universe has something in store for, him, in store for, sure. for them and that terrifies me yeah. but it sure as shit isn't going to happen from Clay and I like we're going to build that foundation so that when that, that they do face adversity and they are challenged and they're going through something that is just you know incredibly challenging for them that they can go within and they know that they have the self love the strength and resilience to overcome yeah that's
0: that's a perfect way to look at
2: it so yeah i and i guess i've always kind of thought you know travel would be a really good way to show kids um you know how good we have it in australia it's just such a beautiful country and we've got you know we can look at people around the street and give someone a smile and i think um traveling to a country that's less fortunate would be really good i think that would be really eye-opening i I mean i traveled to china when i was 13 as well so um that's a different story but you know i remember seeing homeless kids and i was just that was a huge eye-opener for me it really put into place you know how even though i didn't have a lot that i had more than a lot of others for sure
0: I, i remember um i've been trying to piece like little words together to try and make it easy for the kids to understand and we haven't bothered getting Ellis or anything like an Xbox or anything like that but Aubrey Marcus who has one of my favorite podcasts as well put this thing down that he talks to people about that if you imagine a video game like your favorite video game as a kid and imagine that there was none of the bad guys to get through the levels and you just kind of waltzed through the video game and got to the end would it be your favourite video game? Yeah, it's Pro- so cool. Probably it's a good not. Yeah. yeah, it's a good concept. You no, know, I heard that and I was like, Man, that's so relevant to be able to say that to anyone. A kid will get it, but also an adult will get it that if there were no struggles or getting through the dangers of the different levels, you'd just be like, This game's shit. Oh, like totally. it, it would just that that would refer to life as well. So Yeah. And uh, I
2: mean, you know, I reflect now and I think, holy crap, you know, I've overcome a lot and I'm it's, it's crazy to say that I am grateful for every experience, you know, but I think that's a really important part of healing is mm-hmm. just forgiving and, and accepting and actually being grateful. Um, and there's a lot of people that say, how could you be grateful for that treatment? And how could you be grateful for, you know, those experiences? But i'm i'm where i am and i'm so happy with where i am and i and i in the person that i am because of those hardships and then there's that quote where it's like i'm proud of the person i am today because i fought to become her mm-hmm. and i'm like yeah that's me
1: and now you've gone even further and you're helping other women sort of um sort of get through their own experiences negative experiences you're almost becoming your own guardian angel for <gasps> all other women but Thanks, in, in all reality you know what i mean so like um, we were just watching a video of one, one of your um, last sort of um, events on your Purpose Tour, which mm. I would love for you to share with everyone. That mm. There is oh, yeah, hundreds of people in there. There's hundreds of, of women in that room who all ca- have come to see you speak. And the fact that you told us, I don't know if it'll, it'll be in the podcast because it was maybe before we started recording, but you're saying that you don't even use Facebook advertising or paid advertising to promote your events. It's all sort of authentic um, Sort of advertising through your own channels and things, I think, is even more amazing, um, because they're obviously coming to you for a reason. Um, Whether it's, I don't don't know if it's entertainment. I think it's more about connection, and um, you know, you're obviously a a figure that they are getting something from. So, like, how important is it for you to sort of give back to the women?
2: Oh, it's everything to me. Um, It is everything to me, and and I think that's where I've fallen trapped before because I didn't set any boundaries to begin with. Um, And that's a really important conversation to cover too. But, you know, to begin with, it's, it's just the connection I have with them and the trust that I've built with my community is one of the most important things to me. Um, I receive messages every day from everywhere in the world where it's um you know women reaching out saying just thank you and the impact i had on women and and getting to see that in real life like i will just never forget it it just i i i, I can't really Put into words you know feeling like I I just share 15 seconds at a time parts of my life on social media and I share insights into my my mind and the and the positive and the negative side of things and it has such a huge impact on women who you know might not necessarily have that friendship group where they can connect on a deep level or they might have a friendship group that aren't super vulnerable with each other Mm. and I guess that's my message to my community is that you know it is all just a highlight reel and there are such shit times going on and and I think it's my message to every influencer as well out there or someone creating a personal brand. You don't have to be perfect to be liked. I mean, I'm certainly so, so, so far from perfect and it's like... I don't think I try to create this image of ease or this image of um, you know I've got it all and I've I've bounced back from my babies and I you know I I, I do everything on my own and I'm the most organized and the fittest and all of this I'm not I'm just just accepting it as it comes and embracing all of the ups and downs and that's what creates connection that's what creates rela- relatability and. Um, that's so important as your message to the world because there are people watching you and comparing their lives to you. Their their mindset and their mental health is, you know, is being affected by what you put on the internet. So I think one of my biggest messages to people um, on the online space is just to keep it real um, and just to as much as you share the good stuff and the beautiful images, because I love that too. I love creating and, um, you know, coming up with really great campaigns, but also like just always bring it down a notch and and keep it authentic as well. Um, But, yes, connecting people with uh, that that tour, you know, that happened because people said, I really want to meet you. I really, really want to meet you in person. I want to be able to give you that hug that I've wanted to give you for ages. So I think I had... Lola, and she was eight, six to eight weeks old, and I was like, "Clay, I'm going on a speaking tour." <laughs> he's like, "Oh, she's lost it. Here we go." Um, so, you know, he's the most amazing husband, and um, he was like, "Okay, oh god, like probably scared shitless." And um, yeah, I, I employed a, an assistant at that time because I just needed help, and I still wanted to have some sort of balance around my kids, and um, we it was me, Clay and Carrie who created this these four events in four different cities with zero event experience. Um and it's a full day, you know, it started at ten thirty AM and finished at five PM. It had like, you know, interactive spaces where each store that contributed was giving some sort of um, you know, experience cool. really. There was a wheel of fortune by Esme, Skin Minerals and Um, There was like uh, games, there was smoothie makings with Nutra Organics. Everyone brought something to it. And I wanted everyone to not just feel like there was a product shoved in their face, but like get to know these products that I really love. And maybe you'll love them too, instead of just saying, buy this, buy this, buy this. And I guess that's my whole message too, with how I collaborate with brands. It's like, this is what I use and I really enjoy it because of this. Mm -hmm. I've used it for this long. These are the benefits that I've had. If you like it, here you know. Yeah. Here you go. It's not shoving a product in people's faces. Um, I know that was one of the questions before about how to create that that yeah. you know organic um, balance between personal brand and working with with brands. Um, but yeah, going back to the tour, then there was at twelve o'clock a two hour talk um, and then a half an hour Q and A. Um, the two hour talk, I spoke everything between you know, going into my childhood with everyone and being the most vulnerable I have ever been in my life. It was so incredibly taxing, but, uh, you know, with every bit that's, that was exhausting, it was also really rewarding because, um, after the Q and A, these people just opened up. Um, we had 30 minutes to kind of get to know each other. And, you know, when you have a following of almost 200,000 people, that connection, it's there, but it's, it's not like seeing people in real life Mm -hmm. and being able to look at the people that you've affected and and have impact on in real life and look into their eyes. And and that was one of the most rewarding things to me. It absolutely blew me away because I received these messages every day, but to actually hear them and experience them in real life was completely different. Um, Then after that, we had a, a, a meet and greet for about two two to three hours, depending on the amount of people that had bought the, the, the ticket um, for the meet and greet. And that was, you know, but that was just amazing just to actually get to deliver some of the hugs that we'd promised over the years. And I've, I've been Instagramming since like 2013 and people look at it and go, "Oh wow, like how did you create that? And I'm like, you know, I've been posting my life yeah. every fucking day yeah. for like six to seven years. Yeah. You know, like it's not easy. Yeah. How are you going to share your life and create engaging, interesting, dynamic uh, content every day? Mm-hmm. Do it try it you know and and it Uh really beefs me when um people are like oh my god you just get free shit and paid for it and it's like okay you do it yeah Uh you do it yeah see how see how it goes for you you know." and it's creating so much flexibility uh, anyway i'm going on a tangent right right now (laughs) (laughs) um but you know yeah so the tour was absolutely amazing and um I don't know. It was also something that nearly killed me. I, I, I It really worked me. That was going it.
0: to be my next question. Will you do it again? Because <laughs> each know. person I've talked to that's done it has said, um, Ashley said the same thing. Everyone said the same thing, that it was the best thing they've ever done. And then every time I ask will you do it again? They're like, no. <laughs> it's like me. It's, it's, and then they said, well, we will never say never, but it really took it out of the gas tank. And I'm a person that's like big on going. I can only be around... So many people within a day And then I'll just disappear mm-hmm. They're like where's I'll be obvious Have to be like there's a roof We have a rooftop here that I sit outside You're not even supposed to be outside But I'm just like
2: I need Ma- alone time. Yeah, 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 maybe
0: it's due to being an only child, but there's only so much you can give out to people, and then it's like, cool, the battery's like flat, and now
2: my battery uh, was just beyond flat. Yeah, with I, I, that many I hundred people,
1: will be it takes a lot of your energy, oh, man. Massively. And
2: being that exposed, it wasn't even. Mm. It was the the amount of people definitely came into it, but the the exposure of my bare soul and like my deepest insecurities absolutely annihilated me. I suffered emotional hangovers for days and having a, you know, under a three and under a one year old, I wasn't able to give back to my family after for days. And then on the third one after Adelaide, I crashed and was, literally bedridden for five days yeah. i had um that's what really sent my adrenals down and i got adrenal fatigue yeah um so i'm still working on healing that now so it definitely came at a price and and i guess um i've been really open with my community about it too i've said you know it looks great looks amazing you know oh my god she got to go on a national speaking tour and yeah. she's got two kids and she she's doing it all. Right. You can do it all, mm. but it comes at a price, yeah, and it's definitely. not attainable long, long yeah. for a long amount of time. Um, I've definitely suffered and, cough and 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 now I'm just working on building um, my health back up because yeah. it just completely wiped me. Mm. Um, so I think that's a really important message too. Is like you know it might have looked spectacular, but it was really hard. It was a lot of lot, ridiculous hours, ridiculous energy demands, and um, stress pressure. So
1: mm. Who, um, who's your Who's in part of your support network? Because obviously you're giving so much energy to all of these hundreds, hundreds of thousands of people. Who do you look back on and and ask for help or support, and who do you lean on?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Ma- mainly Clay. Hey, yeah. like we are best mates first and foremost, but are we're co- we're parents, but we're co-workers, we're everything to each other, and we, you know we're soulmates, and we and we really do everything together. um Oh God, now I'm going to get emotional again, you guys. Um, I really love that dude. He's just like, yeah, he's a legend. How important
1: is that for you? Because um, obviously you can't keep giving your energy without sort of, um, you know, getting your energy back. So Mm -hmm. obviously it's important to have someone like Clay. Mm -hmm. And then he obviously has his own training and his mates and things that he can lean on too as well as yourself. Mm So um, is that a message that you promote to your girls as well? Just like finding that support network who give you positive energy, um, and, and sort of like yeah. help you sort of regenerate.
2: Oh, totally. I mean, I think you need to be able to find people in your life. Like I've got a best mate, as well, who just I can just be completely mm. broken to and just go fuck this. Yeah. I'm I'm out. I'm I'm giving up. You know, I've called <laughs> her so many times, mainly as a mum, just being like, I'm not cut out for this. I just mm. can't do this anymore. They're driving me crazy. I want to quit. You know, <laughs> and it's just about having that those people in your life who are just like just breathe and that's okay you feel like that that's normal that's okay um it is a really shit day for you but tomorrow is a new day and you yeah. will regroup and you will come out of it so yeah i think um i've done a lot of that i think the two kid thing really put into perspective mm-hmm. who i was spending t- my time and energy with yeah i thought i was mm-hmm. busy with one kid and then you i had that. the second one. <laughs> oh my god yeah. when do I ever, when will I ever have time to myself again? And so my time just became so valuable to me. And so when I spend it with people who are, you know, draining or, just dumping negative energy onto me, I'm like, yeah, you I gotta go. I I'm can't gonna. do yeah, this. Yeah, you gotta go. <laughs> that's um,
0: that's my thing. I've actually walked away from people mid conversation. <laughs> like I, I'll I'll honestly do it now, and I won't even think a great twice chat, about it. but I gotta yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's just like they'll be saying something, and like I'll kind of drift off, and then I'll come back, and I'm like, oh, this person's still talking about that <laughs> right now. I actually remove myself from wherever we are because it's yeah. not worth it. It's just yeah. I would I would pay the person to stop talking. <laughs> Because it's just it's not good. Well, it's um, not that would be so good. To <laughs> <think>. <laughs> it would be. It would be. I would never physically yeah. do that. But I would definitely still walk away from a yeah. combo because it's not It's, it's not just gonna, not healthy. No, it's, it's not, not benefiting, benefiting anyway. your life and yeah.
2: and I think they get the message eventually too, you know, yeah. what what energy was I putting into that relationship that made them need to need space from me? Yeah. Like that's For a big sure. thing. So yeah, it is so important to set those boundaries with with everything that you do and protect your energy and and um, spend spend time in that positive space.
1: Mm. One thing I don't really want to talk about because it seems superficial is like social media, right? Yeah. But it is such a big part of you know you and your business. What do you think of the current state of social media? And because what I'm hearing is your your authentic behavior and sort of like how authentic you are is really what's made you and your business, but there's a lot of people out there sort of trying to push maybe down similar lines as you, but maybe not as authentic that they are just trying to get the money and they are just trying to build a following just to build a business, but it's not quite authentic. What do you think the current state of social media is at the moment? What's your thoughts about it? Do you follow it? Do you care? Yeah. yeah? Hell yeah, I care.
2: You know, like it's, it's my career. That's where my, like my career, that's the platform for it. So shit. Yeah, I care. Um, and I think, I think there are things that make me go, Oh, that's really not going to help my Case. Like I have to debate a lot of the time with, um, with my friends and family who just don't get social media. Like they just don't get it, and they see the likes of people showing their ass and tits and going, you know, this is what I'm trying to sell you right now, and that is an influencer. But an influencer, you know, to me, that word is is what you make it. And to me, an influencer is someone who has influence over a mass amount of people. What a privilege, Mm -hmm. what an honor that is, you know, and I don't take that word lightly. I don't take that as, oh, she's just an influencer. Hell no. I work really fucking hard to earn every single one of those people who trust me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess if you aren't liking social media, then you are in the, you have the power to follow who you want your feed is created by the people that you have followed so if you aren't liking social media then drop the follows on the people that are being fake and that aren't being authentic you know it just it makes so much sense to me that you're creating your feed um so i guess yeah my message is give the people that are being you know authentic and speaking to your soul um more love more more engagement and the people that are really just you know, out there for a quick buck and to sell themselves like good luck to them and they will have their own demo um, and I hope they find themselves a bit more and, and share some more depth because I definitely have seen that too. Like, people are evolving. And the other thing that is so hard with social media is that you're allowed it when you're 13. Mm-hmm. You can just have an Instagram account when you're 13. How much depth did you have when you were 14, 15, 16, yeah. you know? So it's just, it's evolving and it's it's, there's, millions of people on the on in on the planet so fill your feed with your people Mm -hmm. with the people that really empower you and don't make you feel like shit Mm -hmm. um because social media is what you actually make it
1: do you is there any sense of right place right time for you when it came to building your profile or do you think that anyone can do what you're doing now if they just follow
2: yeah it's super challenging now i think um but at the same time um I think anyone can actually create their own personal brand. Mm -hmm. If you are being authentically yourself and you have a strong why and you have consistency i think anyone can create their own personal brand and it doesn't just happen you know you can't say you're going to create a personal brand in three to six months it's probably going to take a year or two years and that's why your why and consistency is so important because if you are just doing it to be an influencer it's not going to work you need to have a strong message and a strong why and a a really strong purpose behind it and that that's what will create success
0: yeah i mean it's also a thing what you were saying too is that that you share things that you love, so it's it's a natural natural thing. Like you'll sh- share this swing set, and then I'll come home, and then I'll see this swing set, and I'll go, <laughs> Thanks, where, <laughs> "Where did this swing set come from?" And she's like, "Oh, didn't you see her Rebby's page?" I'm like, "Well, I'm the opposite. I stay off social media as much as possible, apart from the business page. Yep. I don't go on my personal page or anything very often. So, and I'll be like, okay, so she got it because Rebby got it." But she really is happy with it because they share similar interests. And then what you're saying is so true that even Instagram, to their credit, are doing a lot of things that are hopefully bringing people's mental health Mm. back. Because that whole like issue that they were talking Mm. about, I didn't get so many likes and people were depressed about that. And then even the stuff on they were talking about, you can obviously see when you unfollow someone. So they're like, oh, my friend who I don't want to offend is actually pissing me off because they're f- posting shitty photos or mm. not making me feel the best about whatever it is. You can easily just go block from feed. Yeah. You don't have to see any of that type of stuff without offending anyone. You yeah. can easily and just continue about your day and yeah. not see that person in your feed. So... I think people forget the power is with them. Yeah. Like the power is with you to do what you want with it. Yeah, we need to take ownership of like like,
2: who's on our feed. Like we own that feed.
0: It's not like a TV where you turn it on. Exactly. And whatever comes out during an ad is what comes out during an ad. If you're watching your favorite show, it's, hey, I don't want to watch that. I don't want to see this. I want to see more of motivational things. Mm -hmm. or I want to see that. So the tool is a really good tool Mm -hmm. to use if you're using it correctly. How much,
1: 100%. how much did those Instagram changes affect you as an influencer and does it affect brand deals and things like that with the lights being removed or is it I
2: nothing? didn't really didn't really phase me. Hey, yeah. I saw, I saw so many people blowing up about it and, um, I don't, I don't know. I didn't really phase me at all. Um, I guess one of the things that has really worked into my benefit is that I have not really cared about the amount of, you know, to me, I'm just having a conversation with my community. Mm-hmm. So, you know we'll, t- we'll talk through comment sections, we'll talk through DMs, but um, the amount of like attention it gets, I'm not looking for attention, I'm looking for connection, yeah. you know. So, those kind of stats, although I need to be aware of them because it is a business at the same time, isn't my main focus. So, yeah. not
1: looking for attention, looking for connection. I
0: like it. <laughs> that's a good, yeah, that's a, that's a good one liner, <laughs> I guess. With um, obviously. I wanted to touch on the aspect of, I think people obviously see your personal brand and then CrossFit Babes and then CrossFit Babes turned into Train Mm -hmm. and then Train obviously eventually closed down for an issue that I was like super angry about with Mm council and everything else that went along those lines. And was another kind of, I guess, hardship for you guys making a transition from having a physical gym that Mm -hmm. everyone loved to having to close that somewhat against your own will but at the same time maybe the right time with Mm. everything that was going on in your life talk to us a bit about I guess people often see the success of your businesses that are doing well and so many things get taken out of your hands as a business owner um, that you go well this is bullshit like I'm just trying to create a community for Mm. people to enjoy exercise feel good and then something as simple as a council permit comes through and says shut your doors yeah and that's not your choice it's taken out of your hands but how did you guys obviously deal with that role with the punches and still kick on to doing really really cool things
2: I guess, um, yeah, it's an awesome question. Um, at the time, so we, yeah, we transformed CrossFit Babes to a mainstream gym, like a gender neutral gym. Yeah. So you would have been able to train yeah. <laughs> Um But, yeah, we trained, we, we opened that up and we had Lola, our second bub. And I think, I, I can't remember what the timing was, but it was... I reckon she was like two weeks old or something yeah. when we got that 30-day permit and, uh, you know, you, you've got to shut your doors in, in 30 days. And we had just situation after situation that didn't, uh, like, even when we said, okay, we're going to commit, you know, X thousands of dollars towards mm-hmm. keeping the doors open, even though our financial advisor and pretty much the whole universe has said, don't keep it open, you know, you, you, this is silly. Yeah. We just We just couldn't do it to our community until our hands were literally forced. And um, I guess when the universe is screaming at you and, you know, there's something that stops you in your tracks, it is the universe's way of saying, wrong way, go back, wrong way, turn around, turn around, like different direction. You're not, you're not on the right path. Um, So, and it, that was so difficult for me because I had a newborn, a second newborn, so I had Lexi and then the newborn and the gym was my identity yeah it was my life it's what I created it was my legacy and those people were my family so it was in in one word it was fucked like I just I broke I broke um and but at the same time you know everything that I'd learned is that from hardships become you know from one closed door another one or another few open and that was where the the purpose tool was born as well which was life-changing and career building so it created a lot more energy and time for us to spend in other areas that were really really would have benefited our family and our career path Um, and we'd, we'd known for quite some time that the gym wasn't doing like compared to the online business, yeah. it just wasn't like, it was just silly to keep it open essentially because our online business was essentially funding the gym. Gotcha. So it was, it was our passion project. And if money wasn't an issue in the future, we would do it again um, because you know, right now I'm training in my home gym, like yeah. by myself. <laughs> it's like lonely. Um, and that community is just, it was gold. And I still look back on those days, particularly like the CrossFit Babes days, like that, was just such such one of the best times of my life so yeah yeah, it it is hard and and um business is so up and down and when when you look back and when people see your feed you can literally scroll through my feed and look at the when you look at someone's feed and you think oh my god achievement opening the doors oh my god they've got a new mural wall oh my god they got all this new equipment oh my god they just got recognized for this award You don't see the times in your office when you're crying in the corner because something has just gone down. That's just, you know, you've saved this much money for the equipment and then they've said, this this bill come up and you're just saying, I'm not cut out for this. Like, you don't post that. You often don't think about it. But um, that's become more and more um, something that I've become aware of as a mum that I actually do post the times where I'm just like, this is so hard um so i'm going to post it and say like i'm really anxious right now i don't feel cu- i don't feel adequate um and this is hard and that's real life and that's that's what really happens and i think it's so important as a business owner as a mum, wherever you are that not to not to look at these fit these feeds and compare it is not reality it's it's not fair to base that person and say why aren't you posting your bad times because yeah. we just often don't think of it yeah um but it's 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 a highlight reel and mm. what it really is
1: Man, I think just being just a purebred entrepreneur, you have to just be able to roll with the punches like you were saying, Sel. And a lot of the time when you create this plan for what you think is, you know, the business is and going to become, it always changes. And Mm -hmm. so it's like you can't be a person of certainty or have sort of like this... This mindset of certainty because things are always changing Mm. and being able to adapt to those changes is really how you start to succeed so I actually I'm glad that Cell brought that up because I wanted to ask how that transition was from having sort of a physical uh, gym location to going online Um, I can imagine the transition has been hard Mm. it looks like it's been seamless and is it working well for you now just um, you know running things online obviously it's harder to make that physical there is no physical connection so to speak Mm -hmm. But um, do you think that you're still being able to impact people in a positive way yeah. doing your online coaching?
2: I think I think you know when we had the the members in real life, we can create really you know we, we were like family and 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 such a tight knit community. But you can only affect so many people yeah. in one city. Um, whereas I, I'm, I'm connecting with people in rural areas areas who have no 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 community. You mm-hmm. know they are literally isolated, um, by thousands of kilometers. So it's, um, it's really cool to connect with those people. Um, but also, um, the online program was already out before, like I had an online program in 2016, I think. So we had that kind of already going and that's, that's when our, you know, that's when the, the financial advisor was like look at the potential of this yep. compared to what you what you're doing and the amount of impact you actually have so I guess all of the facts were there mm-hmm. it was just the heart that was just like I can't I can't actually close these doors um, so in a way it was easy on paper because it's like all of the reports were saying go online you know but as for emotionally, just too difficult to actually do on our own. So
1: does your program follow much about, I haven't actually looked into your program, um, but does it follow much about mindset and things like that as well? How, how, how heavy do you go into sort of mindset and things? Because I'm interested to know from you, are women coming to you to change their, their physique?
2: No, no.
1: What are they mostly coming to you for?
2: I think, um, Relatability. Yeah. I think they're coming to me just to know that they're, we're all human and yeah. that we are, yeah. you know, I, 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 as I said before, I don't claim to be anything I'm not, and I definitely am not perfect. I am just myself, flaws and all. So I think that people just really embrace that. And you know, when after I had Lex and Low, I definitely didn't look like the average fitness model who literally looks like she's had a burger. But that's just not my reality. And instead of trying to you know cover that I was just really open about it and said this is what my body looks like afterwards and that's certainly happening more and more but yeah I think that was one of the biggest things that people related to um I think people are coming to me for various reasons I mean I think my workouts they don't focus they've never focused my gym programming had never focused on aesthetics it was purely to feel good to feel mentally good and strong and powerful. So I guess when that's the aim, I just kind of attract the people that are like, I want a fun, engaging workout where I'm pushing my performance. I'm not doing this to have a good ass. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's that's my tribe, um, as well as mums who can just have a laugh at themselves. And um, yeah, I think- It's, I it's so happy.
1: interesting to watch the evolution because there was, say, let's say six years ago, for example, there was such a huge- physique sort of like focus on Instagram and yeah. Instagram was popping and all the asses and tits were coming out and all the abs and six packs and all these things were coming out and all these fitness influences were blowing up and all these mental illnesses started yeah. to increase and all these sorts yeah. of things. And now there's just been like this shift and this evolution on, on social media and now mental health's becoming yeah. such a big sort of wave of importance. And then, so like, it's almost like it's just funny to see that... It's yeah. not funny, but it's interesting to see the evolution of how we're sort of, like, messing ourselves up as humans and then trying to, like, fix ourselves yeah. now. <laughs> like, I okay. mean,
2: the biggest killer in the world is stress, right? Yeah. So stress, and then the, I think I looked it up the other day, actually. It was... Um, the research behind people between I don't quote me on this but it was around 24 to 44 the biggest killer is suicide so I don't think that um, social media is doing that but I think there are definitely attributes that aren't helping it Mm -hmm. Um, so you know being an influencer and, and owning that title is so important to me because I'm setting a standard. I'm pioneering what an influencer is. Yeah. So if I was, and don't get me wrong, I am tempted to post the perfect size of my life because mm-hmm. you want to kind of believe it at some yeah. points. You don't want to be imperfect. I struggle with worth every fucking day of my life. You know, like I've had to overcome that self-worth. So to post an image that is not flattering is difficult. Mm-hmm. When I click share I'm literally shitting bricks going oh my god like so many people like even you guys or like um you know people that I see serving my coffee every day are going to see me in my underwear with my biggest insecurity which is you know my stomach post-birth that I'm trying so desperately to embrace and know that it's it's normal and it's just aesthetics Mm -hmm. but it's still difficult it's really hard and that's why being that person being that role model for Not just women and not just men, but but other people who are speaking to their tribe is so important to me. We we need to show our imperfections because people are comparing ourselves themselves to us and feeling shit. Mm -hmm. Like, what is our message to the world? Is it to feel like shit? Is it for everyone to feel worse than me, or is it to be vulnerable and expose and know that human that hardship is human and that and not being perfect is human and that we are all connected in just in in being and that we yeah embrace embrace each other and all of our shit parts and good parts you know I
0: love it such a good message we usually used to you've dropped heaps of knowledge so usually we get someone (laughs) at the very end of it to say like some words of wisdom or anything they can part to an audience but it's going to change at this time and just do something more along the lines of because you've talked about your childhood a bit and Mm. where you came from and I'd like to also try and talk to maybe a younger audience or anyone that's going through some type of hard type of time. The Revy now, what would she say to the 13-year-old Revy that was um, obviously struggling and look at where you've got to, but you've gone through so many experiences. Is there anything you would have said to that person at that time with everything that's happened in your life over those last 15 type of years?
2: Yeah, I probably, yeah. Oh, God, that's a really deep question, Self, <laughs>
0: <laughs> It's too early in the morning um, for it. <laughs> no, um,
2: you know, I think it is an important question because there are people that are currently still at that stage yeah. or are going through a really mm-hmm. hard time. And um, I'm definitely happy to share parts of that to help those people. Um, it's that, you know, I guess... When we go through hard times, it just feels like it's the entire world. It, it's so heavy, you know, that depression and anxiety, It's it consumes us. Um, so my message to myself as a 13-year-old would be to go back and just to say that you're on your right path, even though it doesn't feel like it right now, and that there is greatness within you. Um, it doesn't feel like that right now, and I know that, um, but you are incredible the way you are and you know if you receive help take it and that your love needs to come from within and that's going to be really hard for you to find but believe the positive thoughts over the demons and over the negative thoughts listen to that one good thought that you have about yourself and hold on to it and repeat it to yourself every single day Um, because that's yeah that's the right voice
1: Thanks for giving so much of yourself to the, to the hype class, We Really oh, appreciate cool. it. I love that chat. Thank you. Was that was awesome. Thanks Thank so you. much.
2: Thank you so much.